Abbey Dental, sponsors of Women Today, for all aspects of today's dental care. Highly recommended throughout the Isle of Man. Fastamai, good afternoon. We are on the Conister Rock this afternoon. Uh, me, Beth Espy and Christy Dehaven are here with our guests and we're going to be sharing some music and memories in just a moment. And we always welcome suggestions for people you'd like to hear on this programme. It's a really great chance to hear more about the names that are often very familiar to us. You can also head over to the Conister Rock archive on our website. If you just go to manxradio.com, click on air and then podcast and you can hear the whole range of people, Christy, that we've had on uh, in recent weeks, and they range from politicians, sports stars, and other well-known names. They do, and actually I should uh, make special mention to one of our Conister Rock's previous guests today, because uh, Roger Smith, watchmaker, mm-hmm. has just been to collect his OBE. Mm. So yeah, so you can go back and listen to um, the hour we spent with him, it was fascinating. If you do have a guest suggestion, email us, womentoday at manxradio.com. And today we are joined by a husband and wife who've been helping to make dreams come true on the Isle of Man for over 40 years. And so in early October, news of their retirement was received with a heavy heart by many, although the subsequent closing down sale attracted hundreds of people who queued the length of Strand Street for their chance to grab a bargain from the shop with the reputation of being one of the premier jewellers here in the Isle of Man. So we are delighted, Charles and Susan uh, Alexander, to welcome you to the Conister. To rock. Um, first of all, Charles, how surprised were you by the reaction to the sale? It's been amazing, staggering. We didn't know what to expect. Um, it's been wonderful. And Susan Jane, um, it must have been a, a difficult decision to, yes, to, to it retire. Was emotional. It was because we've been 40 years now in, in the business. So it was sad. But we need to retire and have some time off and go travelling. So the time has come. Um, this programme, as I mentioned, is about music and memories. But I think it's fair to say music isn't necessarily something that's played a huge part in your lives. We do have some songs over the next hour or so which reflect certain moments. But we are welcoming any jewellery-themed song suggestions this afternoon. We've got some great ones so far. Wonderful uh, 6177 if you want to text or you can email studio at manxradio.com. And similarly, if you'd like to share your experience of something that you've bought uh, at Charles Alexander over the past 40 years and the part it's played uh, in your life. We'd love to hear those stories as well. Um, but first of all, then, Charles and Susan Jane Alexander, take us back to where your jewellery journey first began. Charles, when did you decide this is what you wanted to do? I decided when I was training um, a student apprentice to go into manufacturing and developing alloys rather than precious metals. So I was doing a lot of experimenting with it, and we came up with a program for making nature's products. So Scott's pine cones, shells, and so on, but transposed into uh, basically a phosphor bronze and then gold-plated. Um, you're not wearing anything today. Um, Sorry. And that led me into the jewellery industry. So I deviated from engineering into jewellery. Um, so from there, went on to mining in South Africa, then on to the States to learn to cut gemstones, only coloured stones, not diamonds, and then to New York for making jewellery. It's interesting, though, that at a very young age, you had um, a bit of an accident, which really could have put pay to any sort of career in this industry. Mm, yes, that was on my uncle's farm. He had a, a 16-year-old son who liked playing with air rifles. 
And I was five years old and John had left air rifle there. In those days, farmers, there were shotguns there and everything else. And I saw him break the barrel to basically cock it, put a pellet in and shot a sparrow or something. So he disappeared and I thought I'd have a go. So I wasn't strong enough. So pellet in, barrel kicked up, took the end of my finger off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it ruined his spy. He wanted to be a spy, really. <laughs> but my he mother was not happy in my passport, it said. Four fingertip missing. So oh, really? Cut one career opportunity. <laughs> so, but it was interesting because you were talking about this before you came on air, and you were saying that actually, because it happened at such a young age, it's not really impacted on you at all. No, I don't notice it, and people don't notice it. You were, I think it's fair to say, slightly accident prone because there's another accident you remember, and you were what, just about three or so? Yes, climbing trees in my parents' garden and probably four foot off the ground and fell out of the tree onto the edge of a wheelbarrow. I can sort of still feel it now when I think about it. Uh, Susan Jane, you have three children. Has this um, gene been passed down to them? Sadly, we've spent a lot of time in accident and emergency at Nobles. We were known as the nightmare family, to be honest. Um, I think one year we had nine trips where there was constantly blood spurting out of one or other of them and uh, we had our own bed. And we used to, they used to joke and say there's going to be the Alexander Wing at Nobles Hospital. <laughs> we should say this was because they were very adventurous as children, yes. weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, we didn't actually hit them. <laughs> um, and have any of them shown any inkling of following you into the jewellery business? Our eldest, Will, um, actually has probably spent about two years in all in the business, um, really concentrating on internet sales. Um, and he did a really good job, didn't he? Um, yeah. He learned how to auction. Um, he's marketing background. Um, but the bright lights of London called... But so, sadly, the joys of being becoming an accountant <laughs> attracted <laughs> <over>. him more. <laughs> yeah. So sadly, no, none of them want to take on the mantle. You mentioned the Internet there um, and it, that sort of highlights something that must have changed the industry so much since you started the sort of advent of, of online. Um, tell us how that sort of affected you as a business. Well, we've been attempting uh to get young, bright people involved that would carry it forward. And apart from Will, uh, there's been really no one. We're dinosaurs. Um, it, it, it's a completely different thought process. Um, Jewelry's quite difficult to put online as well, unless difficult. you're a very big person, as in you know, sort of Amazon-style jewellery. For, for an individual sort of private company to do it is almost impossible because you'd spend all your time photographing every single little item and it would become a full-time job in itself. All the businesses that we know relatively well through membership of a buying group in England, all of those guys and girls that have gone down the internet route have all pulled out. It's really for the big boys. We are going to hear some of uh, your music tracks, so we're going to start with your first one. Tell us uh, what this is and, and why you've chosen something like this. This reminds me of working up in the mines on the northern Transvaal, on Tanzania border, um, a lot of African music. <laughs> Amen, hallelujah. Amen. 
That was Lady Smith, Black Man, Bazo, and a piece of music called Incagnesi, Nezazi. And I hope, Charles Alexander, that was uh, appropriate because you said you wanted some sort of African chanting music and you said it, it, it sort of reminded you of times you spent in the mines. What is the process of mining a diamond like? Uh, we weren't down the mines. We were actually, uh, the mine I was working on was uh, mining andalusite. And andalusite does come in gem form, but it's incredibly rare. Um, I've never seen anything over a quarter of a carat. Um, and that would probably be about ten, twelve thousand pounds now for a tiny stone. So the Andalusite that we were mining, we we're basically taking the top off a mountain, open cast it's called, and then shipping it down by cable car and sorting it. And this Andalusite was used to make bricks to line blast furnaces. It's a very high refractory mineral, um, and that is what we did. <laughs> We're on the Conister Rock this afternoon with Charles and Susan Jane. Alexander will be back in just a moment. One Dental Clinic, sponsors of Women Today, offer convenient appointment times in the heart of Douglas so you can fit your dental care into your working day. Lots of people getting in touch with jewellery-themed song suggestions. Keep them coming in, 166-177, or you can email studio at manxradio.com. Are they all about diamonds? Most of them. <laughs> Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds is a very popular one. That's a great um, What about the Bangles? Eternal Flame. It took me a while to get that. Clever. Bangle. Like yeah. it. Mm -hmm. uh, Diamonds by Jet Harris. Uh, String of Pearls by Glenn Miller or Band of Gold. Diamonds are Forever. Diamonds are a Girl's Best Friend. Gold, Spando Bally. Mm -hmm. And again, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. John's been uh, John and Farm Hill. Very busy there. Uh, Diamonds and Pearls by Prince. Oh, great That's song. That's a great song as well. Yeah. Uh, keep your suggestions coming in because we are with Charles and Susan Jane Alexander today reflecting on 40 years of supplying the Isle of Man with exquisite pieces of jewellery and uh, Charles's shop started back in 1978 and I didn't realise it was actually at the Timwood Mills Craft Centre. Absolutely, it was. That's where my workshops were and then we opened a shop within a shop there um, in the Woolen Mills itself and then that developed into us taking on a small unit on our own and in our crude marketing way we noticed that all the work that was coming in, 90% of the work was coming from Douglas. So the logical thing was to look at moving the business into Douglas. So Susan Jane spent a fair few Saturdays doing market tracing of traffic flow people. And uh, we actually took on a site that was called Prues the Jewellers, um, which is now where TK Maxx is um, and the old Strand Cinema was. And we took that property on and effectively moved the business into town. So it's a four-story building, so workshops, everything there. And but you started with all nature's charms, didn't you, out yeah, at Timberwolves? Which were all shells and um, uh, pine cones and things like that, which were really popular. And we were selling them over in the UK as well. Yeah. But then we became so busy on the island because people wanted to buy them. So we actually became retail and stopped manufacturing for the UK as yeah. well. So we just good. manufactured for us, for our own consumption. And obviously it's a famous partnership in business mm -hmm. over the years. Has it always been an easy ride? Because it's a brave thing to go into business together, isn't it? It's worked really well because basically he's upstairs in the workshop and I'm downstairs in the shop. <laughs> Did you always get jewellery for special occasions? <laughs> Sometimes I got thimbles, silver thimbles. Oh, 
Were they welcome? But, uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Probably some lovely jewellery as well. <laughs> uh, we are taking song suggestions this afternoon, all with a jewellery theme. And uh, this second track, Charles, is a Shirley Bassey number. Uh, tell us what it is. Diamonds are forever. Diamonds are Forever, Shirley Bassey. A very appropriate song today, since we are on the Conestrock with Charles and Susan Jane Alexander. You know, there aren't many jobs where you can be so involved with some of the most momentous occasions in people's lives. I mean, Susan Jane, you must have some wonderful memories of people coming in, choosing engagement rings and things like that. Yes, we've got lots. We always ask the gentleman what they're going to do, how they're going to ask the fiancé. And we had a lovely one where they were going to Florida and he, he got the question on a piece of paper and gave it to the dolphin and the dolphin basically presented a card saying, will you marry me, to the to the girl, which was so sweet. And another one was a trawlerman that um, walked his girlfriend up right ahead and his dad was on the trawler and they had a great big banner saying, will you marry me, whatever the lady's name was. Um, and uh, it was, it's just some really sweet, sweet stories. You must have wanted to know how the outcome was. Oh, we you? always, yeah. yes, we always, they always came in to have them, they always came in to have them altered or whatever. So it was very nice. With the Isle of Man being such a small community, of course, you would know in advance and so you presumably you had to be very careful not to let the, the information slip. A lot of secrets. Mm. A lot of secrets were kept by us. And I mean, one flight we actually were on going to London, we knew four different men on the flight who all had our engagement rings in their pockets and they all had their girlfriends with them and were going to propose up the shard or whatever they were going to do. So you have to be very careful not to meet their eyes. <laughs> and, you know, this sort of relates in a way to what we were saying earlier when we were talking about the advent of the internet and how those moments are so important to have that sort of personal interaction, aren't they? Because not least, I'm guessing a lot of gentlemen that come in wouldn't have the first clue about what they wanted to get for their, their fiancé and also you've got the element of you know is it going to look good on them is it going to be good for the skin colour that sort of thing so you lose that don't you by, by going online you don't have any of that yeah it's a very personal really personal thing I think and you're involved with people right through so sometimes it's christenings birth presents mm -hmm. um, push presents for somebody who's just had a baby uh, engagement rings um, and sad times when somebody's died you know, where we're having to value stuff and advise them what to do with in fact there's a lovely story about that ch chap that years ago we'd sold a very nice ring to a chap and his wife died and uh, he came into Charles about 20 25 years ago and said my wife's died I just want to sell everything and Charles said look do you need the money and he said no I just it's upsetting me and so Charles said have you got um a, a granddaughter or anything and he said yes I've just been just one's just been born so Charles said put that diamond in the safe leave it in the safe and come back to me when she's 21 so he brought it back when she was 21 and he's he was absolutely thrilled he said thank you so much Charles because the ring the diamond was valued at 75,000 pounds and he would have just got rid of it and of course the value has gone up so much it actually was a deposit for a house for his granddaughter oh my word that's mm. beautiful 
Um, I have to ask you, and I don't really want to, but do you ever get people bringing engagement rings back because someone said no? Yes, I'm afraid so. <laughs> but, you know, we've been flexible. We help people. Um, and if they don't like it and want to swap it, we've done that all the time. So that's the great thing, really, about our business. Also, I think I've missed out on these push presents. I was just going to say, did you, did you get a push <laughs> present? No, I did not. I shall be making a note. Um, Charles, have you ever been commissioned to make anything for someone famous? Yes, um, many, many years ago. It was about 1982, 83. Um, a shop in the Channel Islands that we used to do handmade jewellery for uh, commissioned us to make a, a miniature Fender guitar, about three and a half inches long. I mean, 18 karat yellow and white gold, white strings, diamonds where the knobs were and so on and so forth. And uh, we did that and apparently it was well received. Data Square on TV and there was Rick Parfitt wearing my Fender guitar around his neck. <laughs> That's absolutely wonderful, so, which takes us neatly on mm. uh, to your third piece of music which you've chosen today. What is it? It is Down Down, of course. Down, down, status quo. And some memories there for Charles Alexander of making something that ended up on someone famous. Did you want to just tell everybody about that? You kept your mouth shut, didn't you? You did. Yes. Uh, we're asking for jewellery-inspired songs this afternoon. Lots of suggestions coming in. Uh, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Goldfinger. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. Uh, Diamonds are forever. We've already played that one. Uh, Ruby Ruby. That's a, that's quite a good suggestion, actually. That's from Shirl the Pearl. Uh, oh, very good. Oh, very good. Uh, Rebel Rebel by David Bowie from his Diamond Dogs album. Well, Ooh, oh, that's a clever idea. one, Vic. Um, and Good Luck Charm by Elvis Presley. That's from Christine in St. John's. Keep your thoughts coming in. One double six, one double seven we'll be back just after this abby dental sponsors of women today for all aspects of today's dental care highly recommended throughout the isle of man and today we're on the conister rock sharing music and memories with charles and susan jane alexander and lots of you getting in touch with song suggestions silver lady david soul Thank you for that, Selena. Ring of Fire, says JC. I love that. That idea. is a good one. Uh, Diamonds on the Soles of Her Shoes, yep, and Fields of Gold. Oh, now then, we might we might come to that in just a moment. But um, we've been talking a lot about um, men going in to buy jewellery, and I just wondered, does it happen the other way around? Do many women now buy jewellery for their men folk? Yes, I, I, I think increasingly mm. women have got their own money. They want to choose their own stuff. Um, we developed quite a lot of sort of branded jewellery like Carrot um, and Tomasabo and various other jewelries that women would really buy for themselves more than men. You know, historically, I suppose, jewellery was seen as an investment, but more and more now we are a, a throwaway society. And I wonder, Charles, what, what you make of that, the fact that people don't necessarily see jewellery as something they'll have forever now. Uh, I think people still aim for a few nice pieces, so it's traditional um, and otherwise they'll go fashion yes what advice would you have for somebody then who's looking to invest in something buy the best quality you can buy and enjoy 
That's what would you say then is the most interesting piece that you've seen during your time? We saw some lovely Fabergé pieces. There was a couple that came to the island and they'd escaped um, Russia during the revolution and they brought a lot of Fabergé and their Mm. stuff was amazing. We've seen some beautiful jewellery, tiaras, I mean, fabulous, fabulous necklaces. Riviere necklaces, graduated diamond necklaces. No, we've been very privileged because that's been a really wonderful part of our working on really lovely pieces where it comes in. And Charles maybe's converted a tiara to necklaces or brooches or rings. And that's just fabulous. And how far can you go if somebody commissions you to make a piece? If they, they want something that you think wouldn't necessarily, I don't know, wouldn't necessarily suit them, wouldn't necessarily fit the piece, how far can you go with advising them? It's, it's easier as I've got older because initially <clears throat> I would make what people thought they wanted, even though I knew aesthetically it was not right. So pretty quickly... I learnt to spend the time to make sure that the customer was getting something that was going to look right. Um, rather like building a house that doesn't have a roof. Um, well, and point out that something's not maybe going to look that great. Because people go, oh, we think that's going to be great. And then you, you say, well, actually, it's going to stick out and it's going to catch on everything. So... Yeah, and if it's a ring, it's on your hand, the owner's hand, they're looking at it all the time. So it's very, very important. And what about maintaining your jewellery? Because I'm just looking down at my rings here thinking I can't remember the last time I ever had those cleaned. Is that something you should be doing on an ongoing basis? Yeah, it's a good idea to have them cleaned and if there's claw settings, have the settings checked. Um, I mean, we have many instances where rings are so worn that the diamonds are held by dirt, basically, in the back of the ring put them in an ultrasonic cleaner and all the dams fall out no claws there yeah because they've worn away because people don't bother they to get them yes you do away. need to get them checked every Just 12 months giving it a slight rub <laughs> <laughs> yes. there were some fantastic stories i don't think it's that long ago do you remember that story of the the woman who had dropped her ring when she was out gardening and then only to find it on the end of a carrot or something wasn't That's it right. yeah. absolutely i just know yes, the wedding the, ring Have you had any tales of that, of people losing some really precious items? No, I I think the one fairly disastrous one was a lady who um, used to put her jewellery on her dressing table, as you would, and she knocked it off one day into her wastepaper basket, and her procedure in the morning was to light a coal fire in her sitting room, empty the rubbish onto the fire. Oh. Go back up, collect her jewellery. And it just wasn't there. It wasn't oh. there. Oh. Um, uh, anyway, the long and the short of it was the diamond pieces all survived. Wow. Thank goodness for that. I know. Yeah. Um, somebody suggested the song Fields of Gold, and this was one that was already on your track mm-hmm. list. And there is an interesting story about this. Mm. Yes, we... <laughs> We were in Egypt and we were listening to this album that we really loved and uh, we we couldn't work out. We kept, we went down to reception and, and said we'd like a taxi to get out of the hotel and we were on an island and they sort of kept nodding and saying yes but no, but they didn't say no and eventually we were um, having a shower later on 
And I said to Charles, I, I'm sure I can hear gunfire. And um, he said, no, you can't, it's fireworks. Anyway, we turned on the television and sure as anything, there was a revolution and we couldn't actually get off the island or out of the hotel for nearly two weeks. We were completely stuck there and we were on the last flight back as they were busy rampaging during the Arab Spring. It was quite frightening. Yeah, and everything's on the internet there, so they turned off. All the satellites, All so the there satellites. was no, there no, were no, no mobile phones, no um, <coughs> Wi-Fi, nothing. So how aware were you of how precarious that was? It was quite frightening, yes, you could yeah, see, because well, the, the whole of Egypt was in revolution. A lot of senior military people and their families came to stay in the hotel their full gear of course the the germans got all their locals out the dutch got mm. all the italians all the french everybody went and it was basically us left in the hotel we were the only brits <laughs> going back on <laughs> going back on easy jet so <laughs> listening to this song then will take you back to that time it will indeed <laughs> Fields of gold sting and memories for Charles and Susan Jane Alexander of a particularly terrifying time in Egypt. Were your family or were were they aware of you being there? I don't think so. Sophie was. I think the daughter was, but the boys them. Goodness. What me. did they say when you told them when you when you came back? I think they were there. worried, really. <laughs> <laughs> they were busy having fun in London. <laughs> so we've been talking a little bit about um, the shop, how it all began, and what's been at the heart of Charles Alexander the Jewellers over the years is that attention to customer service, and that's been at the heart of, of what you've done, really. Tell me about the team that you've had working around you. Well, Jean started with us just before we had our first son. Um, she's our manageress, and she's been with us for the 32 years now this year. Um, and pretty much everybody else has been with us for a, a very long time, sort of 15, 20 years and stuff like that. So it's been lovely. It's been very nice. We're all friends, and we, we all sort of do stuff together. And in fact, they used to always be called Charlie's Angels <laughs> because uh, they used to go bowling and have a Charlie's Angel team and things like that. So, yeah. so again, that must have made the decision to retire really difficult, I suppose. Yeah, that was the worst bit. Mm. We, do you know, there's some lovely uh, comments on your Facebook page, actually, from people who, who have obviously had a, a fantastic experience with you. I'll just read one of them, just because it gives an idea. We'd like to place on record a big thank you to Jean for the great service we received today in Charles Alexander's. Nothing is ever too much bother when shopping in there. They always go the extra mile to help you find the right purchase. If you're having a brain freeze trying to find the right present, it's the place to go. Price range is brilliant. Something to suit all pockets, which at this time of year is a great help. Service is always with a smile. I would shop anywhere else which is a bit and there's loads of them as well there are so many comments on the page from people who've just clearly had a wonderful experience with you all so what an effect you've had on the, the island's population i'm really curious about your plans for retirement uh, charles will you have a shed somewhere where you're still going to be tinkering away making things it's a very poignant question um i think i've made the decision that i can't play at it 
you're either in or you're out. Um, we want to do some traveling during the winter. So if I did anything, you know, it wouldn't be convenient. Customers get cheesed off because he's disappeared again for six weeks. So no, I'll stick to walking our springers and traveling and doing voiceovers. <laughs> <laughs> Which I have to say you'd be very good at. <laughs> How have you spent your your free time over the past few years? Because I'm guessing, I mean, you must have just been, Susan Jane, living and breathing this business. We've been, yeah, we've been very busy and we've had three children as, as well as two spaniels and yeah, lots, lots of stuff going on and lots, seeing lots of friends and we've had a very busy fun time and hopefully we'll be able to continue having a fun time. Christmas is going to be very different this year then because um, I'm guessing that uh, you must have had the rush of people coming in on Christmas Eve, panic buying. Does that happen a lot in jewellery? Yes. <laughs> Christmas men, Eve is always really fun men, with men begging men at four o'clock, <laughs> clutching their £400, going, please, please don't shut. <laughs> yes, it's always an exciting time. Us men are pretty bad at leaving it too late. <laughs> you have two sons. Have they sort of been, have they, have they learnt from this process themselves? <laughs> Wow. Will has. Will's yeah. good planner. He's getting better, yeah. but uh, no, not really. Not really. <laughs> boys are boys. Yeah. <laughs> and in terms, um, I'm going to ask you this, Susan Jane, in terms of wearing jewellery on a day-to-day basis, I'm sure many people listening will have something special that they they only get out very, very occasionally. And I wonder what your thoughts are on that. Is jewellery to be kept away, sort of secret if it's, if it's a very expensive piece, or is it something you should be wearing all the time i think you should wear wear your nice jewelry all the time and then pop it in safe somewhere safe when you go on holiday and put your holiday jewelry on which doesn't matter if it gets stolen or whatever you know just don't travel with really expensive jewelry because that's when you lose it well it has been a fascinating hour talking to you both thank you so much for taking the time to to be here and i wonder just finally um both of you looking back over the past 40 years the main sort of memories that stand out for you i think it's to thank everybody for the wonderful support we've had it's been absolutely brilliant yes yeah we've really enjoyed it and sad we're very sad that it's over but we've got to go traveling now haven't we (laughs) you should say you're not completely closed yet though are you no no absolutely not it's while stocks last so uh, yeah we'll still be there for quite a bit yet probably And we have had lots of people getting in touch this afternoon with song suggestions. We're going to play out uh, with one uh, to finish the programme. But if you've missed any part of the show, you can listen back for the next seven days at manxradio.com. Just hit the on-demand section. And shortly afterwards, it will also be available to download as a podcast as well. But you had a whole ream of songs to choose from. Uh, What have you chosen to play us out? Uh, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds perfect way to finish. Charles and Susan Jane Alexander, thank you so much for being our guests this afternoon. Thank you for having me. Picture yourself in a boat on a river with tangerine trees and marmalade skies Somebody calls you you answer quite slowly A girl with kaleidoscope eyes